Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I have, I've been stuck on some revelation from the Lord about what it means to have hope and faith and to wait on God. And I feel like a lot of that is because in the church we 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 really have to we really have to be intentional about waiting on purpose. We really have to be intentional about asking ourselves the question, what's our hope built on? We really have to be intentional about asking ourselves, what is our faith built with? That's what I talked about this past Wednesday night. And all of that comes to a point. And I tried to share this last week, and the Lord just kept giving me, giving me, giving me, giving me, giving me all of these things in in the middle of the message. I love how the Holy Spirit does that. Like, if you'll just get alone with Jesus and soak with Him, and you'll let Him speak to your heart, when you step into the place that He's called you to, He'll give you everything that you need. Everything that you need. That applies not just for the preacher, but that applies for every single one of us who say yes to go and yes to do whatever God calls us to when we don't have the first bit of knowledge, education, understanding, or what we think is ability to be able to make it happen. But when we just respond in obedience to what he said, everything we need is there. Everything we need is there. And so I I want to uh, I want to share with you this this word, and it really is just it ties everything that God has just been speaking to my heart for us over the last several weeks uh, into this one into this one moment, and I'm going to do my absolute best to be quick about it. Amen. Hallelujah, man! Y'all are so nice. You were so quiet. Just sit there real quiet. Maybe if we're quiet, he won't notice. And he'll preach fast. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 25. Tell your neighbor, you look good today. Amen. You look good today. Clean up nice. Clean up real nice. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 25. Says this, To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these things? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? (laughs) Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, tell your neighbor, you got to hope in the Lord. (laughs) Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Heavenly Father, I pray in the next few minutes of time that, God, you will speak to our hearts, your word and your word alone. 
God, I pray that it will be a revelation, God, that challenges us and transforms us into who you've called us to be. I pray that all across this room that, God, you would speak personally to each individual in this place. That, God, they would hear and they would know that, Lord, you are working and you are moving on their behalf. God, I pray your blessings and your favor, your glory and your goodness in this house. Let your anointing fall in this place in the name of Jesus. God, we give you all the praise. In your precious name, amen and amen. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about waiting on purpose. We've been talking about the foundation of our hope. We've been talking about what our faith is built with. And this morning, I just want to remind you, put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. This morning, I don't have any notes for you. I don't have any points that are going to be on the screen. So if you're taking notes, I'll make sure that I emphasize them for you. But it's this, put your hope in the Lord. That's the title of my message today. Your hope, if it's not in the Lord and it's in anything else, anyone else, any one thing, you will miss out on what God has intended for you to have an experience as His child. If your hope is in what you are wanting from God, when you don't get it, disappointment will flood your life and you will not be able to stand the attacks of the enemy. The most common mistake that we make in the church is that we put our hope in what it is that we want from God instead of into God. And there's a huge difference that happens when we put our hope in God and when we put our hope in what it is that we want from Him. I talked about it for just a few moments last week. I said a lot of times we walk into church wanting from God, but not understanding that there's something that He wants from us. Us. God wants you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. Why? Because He loves you. Because He sent His Son to die on the cross and pay the price for your sins. He loved you so much that He wanted you to know His love that is like nothing else on the face of this planet. There is nothing else like the love of God. There is no substitute for it. You can search high and low. You can run all over this planet. You can try everything that this world has to offer. And I promise you, there is nothing that can begin to compare to the love of God. I love what he says in, verse, in, in, in chapter 40 of Isaiah. Who can compare to God? There's no comparison for the Lord. There's no comparison for His glory. There's no comparison for His love. There's no comparison for His peace. There's no comparison for His joy. There will be many things in life that we will face, many troubles and many difficulties, not because of something you have done, not because of a mistake that you have made, but because we live in a world that is broken by sin, and there is a hope that God sent through His Son Jesus to change our lives forever. When Jesus came, it changed everything. And it's why as believers, we have got to put our hope in God and nothing else. Tell your neighbor, put your hope in God. Nothing else. If your hope is in anything else but Jesus, some of you say, Connor, this kind of sounds like that Wednesday night message you preached. Somebody needed to hear it this morning. If you put your hope in anything else, you will miss what God has for you. If you put your hope in what your dream is, your hope in what you think the answer is, your hope in what you think the promise is, you will be disappointed when it doesn't go the way you think it's supposed to go. 
But when you put your hope in God, no matter what twist or turn life takes, one thing remains the same and it never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. When my hope is in God, everything else is just a platform. It's just a place for God to show up and do the miraculous. What would happen in the church and the body of Christ as believers if we would get up every day with the expectation or the question on our heart of, God, what are you going to do today? Not, God, this is what I want you to do today, but, God, what are you going to do today? Positioning ourselves not to build for us a kingdom, not to build for us the life or the dream, not to build for us the promise or the plan, but to simply say, God, what is it that you want to do today? What do you want to do in my marriage? What do you want to do in my family? What do you want to do in my finances? What do you want to do in my church? What do you want to do in this city? What do you want to do in my job? What do you want to do in my workplace? Instead of waking up carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and the worries of how we're going to make it happen, what would happen if we would get up, put our hope firmly in God, and say, well, what do you want to do today? <laughs> Because when you and I make the decision to put our hope in God, our perspective begins to change. Our expectations begin to shift. We begin to look at our life and respond to the situations that we're faced with with a totally different atmosphere. Here's what happens when you put your hope in God. Number one, we stop complaining and we start praising. We stop complaining and we stop praising. How many complainers do I have in the house this morning? I appreciate your honesty. The rest of these liars, mm, Jesus, help them, Lord. I don't complain. You lie. You do complain. You complain when your chicken didn't cook the way you wanted it to. You put it on the grill. You have cooked that chicken on the grill the same way for 10 years. And this time, when you had somebody over, it burned. That's how it happens. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. You we complain faster than anything else. We complain about the line in the restaurant, the line at the bank. We complain about the line at Walmart. I don't understand why they have so many registers. If there's a pet peeve that I have, I don't understand it. Like, just take them all out. Leave two. We know you're only opening two. Just leave two. You can put a whole other section of clothes in the front of that store. You are just getting everybody's hopes up. Like, don't let me walk in and see you got 27 aisles for me to check out at, and there's two that are open. And you got to walk to the other side of where you parked. Oh, Jesus, help me. We complain. We can find something to complain about faster than anything else. And the problem with complaining is that it puts us in a negative perspective and it causes us to start to criticize every aspect of our life. Not only of our life, but of the people around us. God did not call you and I to be the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, you ain't the Holy Ghost. I got news for you this morning. You ain't the Holy Ghost. I ha Listen, <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that we can point out everything that's not right. And we can complain about everything we don't like. 
But when we do that, we rob ourselves of the blessings of God and the things that he wants to do in our lives and through our lives because we've not positioned ourselves to hear from heaven. We've put our hope in what our day is going to be like and what it's going to be like when we walk into a place instead of the Lord. It's why when the unexpected situations of life happen, there are so many of us that are faced with the crisis of our faith. It's because in those moments, we have put our hope in an expectation that we had from God, not in God. But when we put our hope in God, we start praising God instead of complaining to God. And when we start praising God, something begins to happen. I can't help but think of two men in a prison cell who in their darkest moment, locked in the most inner cell, that Paul and Silas started praising God instead of complaining to God. It's like when we get in the prison of our life, when we get into the most disappointing part of our life, we start complaining to God about the fact that we're there instead of recognizing that it's often the prison, it's often the desert, it's often the wilderness, It's often when we're most lonely and we're most overwhelmed and we're most exhausted and at our breaking point that God shows up and does the miraculous. But the only thing that keeps us from getting to the promise, the only thing that keeps us from experiencing the glory and the presence and the power of God is when we open our mouths and instead of praise, we begin to complain. Because it's in that moment that there's no honor for the glory of God to show up in our lives. Jesus doesn't show up where there's not honor. Jesus doesn't show up where there's not honor. He'll never leave you or forsake you, but if you're waiting on a breakthrough, you got to change the way you talk. Because when you stop complaining and you start praising, something starts happening in your life. When I lift my voice up and begin to glorify the Lord, when I lift my voice up and I begin to worship God in the darkest moment, in the hardest season of my life, when I begin to worship, there's a shift that begins to happen in my life. Suddenly, everything that was telling me I couldn't, everything that was telling me I can't, everything that was telling me all is gone, all is lost, you'll never see, you'll never hear, you'll never witness, you'll never receive, all of a sudden, every bit of that is silence. Because in that moment, the glory of God comes in. And when it does, peace begins to settle. His love begins to be unleashed. His joy begins to be restored. Life begins to flow. Suddenly, your look on the whole entire situation shifts because you recognize that what looked like the end, what looked like what was finished, what looked like was over, was just the beginning of what God was about to do. I feel like preaching in this place. The enemy is trying his best to convince the church in the United States of America that its best days are behind it. But friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, the greatest days, the most glorious days, the most powerful days of the church of Jesus Christ is yet to come because he said in the last days he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. 
There are some men and women in the body of Christ that are changing from complaining about the church to praising God for the church to seeking His face and expecting Him in ways like never before. What in your life do you need to stop complaining about and start praising Him about? My house is so bad. This house is awful. I can't believe i got to live in this house. It's just a piece of junk. It's just this. It's just that. It's just this. Well, Connor, I'm just stating the reality. That's good, but when was the last time you said, God, thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for a place, a shelter from the storm, somewhere where I can have some warmth, where I can have some cool, where I can get out of. Because if you'll praise him for what you've got, he'll bless you with what you never thought you could have because you were obedient and you trusted him. Praise Him. Some of you need to walk through your homes and just begin to praise God. You need to begin to just worship the Lord and thank Him for His blessings and thank Him for His goodness and thank Him for His favor. Some of you need to begin to praise God for your marriage. You need to begin to declare from the bottom of your hearts that I am who He says I am. Not what it's been, not what it's gone through, but because He's faithful. Begin to praise God for your family. You don't know my family. They're crazy. Begin to praise him for it because I could promise you in one second God can turn your family upside down for the glory of God if he can shake a prison cell if he can bust the gates open and not a person is killed don't you know that my God will do the impossible I am tired of us as the body of Christ settling for less than what God has called us to I refuse to accept what you say about my city. I refuse to accept what you say about my church. I refuse to let my past dictate my future. I refuse to let my present circumstance tell me what the rest of my life is going to look like. You have no idea because in one second, in one second, my God will turn it all around. Seven days they marched around the walls of Jericho. Seven days, six days, nothing happened. You know, they could have been like, I don't see a crack in a wall. Do you see a crack in a wall? Ain't no crack in that wall. I've been marching around this wall. This is a big wall. I mean, I just don't think so. I just, and these people marching behind me, they stink. I've been marching all day. Nobody had a shower. It smells awful. You know, it's amazing the things that we'll find to complain about. It's amazing the things that we'll find to complain about, but that we won't take time to find praise about. Mm. Because in one second, in one second, your whole world can turn upside down for the glory of God. One second. In one second, God will take what has seemed impossible in your life and make it possible. My Jesus, I feel like preaching in this place. I said I wasn't going to get excited this morning. I was just going to preach this message, and we was just going to go on out there and eat some popcorn and drink some lemonade. Hallelujah. You're eating some popcorn, and if you don't eat it, you're taking it home. And if you leave any of that popcorn, I'm throwing it in the trash, all right? Don't waste. Don't be wasteful. If you don't want to eat it, bless somebody with it. That's what I'm doing. I'm blessing you with popcorn and lemonade because I can't eat popcorn and I can't drink lemonade, but I'm blessing you. 
I'm praising God for popcorn and lemonade. Thank you, Jesus. Because one day I'm going to eat it again. Hallelujah. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, find something to praise about. When you praise God, something powerful begins to happen in your life. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. When I put my hope in the Lord, number two, my joy is restored. We got way too many people in the body of Christ that are walking around like they are sucking on a bowl of lemons. Tell your neighbor, wipe that sour look off your face. Like, what is it about the church that we walk around so miserable about? Like, we want people to come to the church. We want people to come to a relationship with God, but we walk around like we are the most miserable, frustrated people on the planet. Why are you so miserable and frustrated? Because you didn't get your way when you got out of bed this morning. Because your promise and your breakthrough didn't come when you thought it was going to? Did you put your hope in Jesus? Because if you put your hope in Jesus and not what it was that you were expecting, you shouldn't have any other look on your face but pure excitement, radiant joy, and expectation. See, the problem is, is we want our emotions to match the current season of our life. Well, I'll be happy when I'm blessed. I'll be happy when I have what I need. I'll have joy when it, when it all works out. I won't worry when I see the solution that God has to the answer of my problem in the situation that I face. But when you and I put our hope in the Lord, we turn our complaining to praising and our joy is restored. Why? Because it's no longer up to me to make it happen, to figure it out, to put it all together, and to make all the dots connect. All I have to do is just sit back and go, my goodness, isn't God good? My goodness, isn't he faithful? My goodness, isn't he wonderful? I woke up this morning with breath in my lungs from the King of Kings. I woke up this morning with life flowing through my veins, with expectation in my heart because of his joy, because of his presence, because of his anointing. Why? Because my God is on the throne. Jesus is alive. Hell is defeated. Death is overcome and I have nothing to fear. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. We walk around so miserable and frustrated because we fear the unexpected. We worry about what might be or what could be. Jesus was real clear about it. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. Connor, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the struggle I'm up against. I got news for you. I don't. And I'm not going to pretend to know. But I can tell you one that does. Because he's been right there with you, hand in hand, every single step of the way. And he hasn't for a second forgotten what it is that he said he would do in your life. He hasn't forgotten the promise that he made to you in his word. And friends, I'm telling you, there shouldn't be anybody on the planet that's more full of joy than the sons and daughters of God. Because here's the thing, listen, joy is contagious. You hear me? Joy is contagious. When you walk into a place with the joy of the Lord in your life, there's a shift that begins to happen. 
when the sons and daughters of God walk into a place, there's a shift that begins to happen. You know why I'm convinced that the best days are ahead, not only for this church and this city, but for the church at large, is because the glory of God is being poured out in such a powerful way right now on the earth that I'm convinced that when the sons and daughters of God walk into businesses, into factories, into schools, into college campuses, when they walk into small businesses, when they step into a place that the atmospheres are changing because of the love and the presence of God that are in the place, and that there's a boldness that's rising up within his people, that when they hear God speak, to talk to the person that's beside them, that they speak and they have an encounter with God that changes their life forever. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is not only my strength, but it's contagious. It's why when we read about in Habakkuk chapter 2, when they were rebuilding the temple of God, it's why the Lord said, does it not seem like nothing? God came to give his people a pep talk because they'd lost their joy. Because it looked like nothing. Oh, isn't it just like the enemy to convince you that you, it looks like nothing? You've got nothing. But when we put our hope in the Lord, our joy is restored and our strength is renewed. See, when you're waiting on a promise from God and you're hoping on a promise from God, there will be a process that's involved. But when you praise in the process and you rejoice in the process and you lean into the joy of God and the strength that He has for your life, They don't get it. They ain't following me. They done. They want popcorn and lemonade. When when we put our hope in the Lord and our complaining stops and our praising starts, when we put our hope in the Lord and our joy is restored and our strength is renewed, the number three, then my destiny is fulfilled. Then my destiny is fulfilled. Why? Because I've put my hope in the Lord. Everybody's trying to arrive. You notice that? Everybody's trying to arrive. I'm trying to arrive. Who's got the most likes? Who's got the most this? Who's got the nicer truck, the better house, the nicer job? Who's got this? Who's got that? The comparison game starts, and it's not long before we're all starting to wait for the moment where we arrive. Tell your neighbor, you've already arrived. You've been working your whole life trying to arrive. Hello, you're here. Tell your neighbor, hello, you're here. You've arrived. You know why you've arrived? Because you've already got him. You've already got him. The greatest thing that you could ever strive for to have in your life is Jesus. 
And if you have given your heart to Him and you have made a decision to walk hand in hand with Him, to know Him, not know about Him, not just come faithfully on Sundays and Wednesdays into life group or Bible study or Sunday school, not just to have a, a, a little knowledge or understand. You can know a whole lot about somebody but not know them. But I'm talking about when you know Him, you have already arrived your destiny is fulfilled because you've put your hope in Jesus. That means that no matter what comes tomorrow, five years from now, ten years from now, fifty years from now, no matter what, my destiny is fulfilled because my hope is in the Lord. That means in every season, there is a reason that God has planted me to see the seeds that He has called me to sow bring forth the life and the transformation of heaven. The mission is clear for us as believers go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation how can we not have joy how can we not have strength how can we not have praise when we have the greatest news that there has ever been on the face of the planet earth you haven't seen the news let me tell you mine you don't know how bad it is let me tell you how good he is you don't know how impossible it is let me tell you how great he is let me begin to just show you how much he's loved me, how much he's blessed me, and what he's done for my life. I love what verse 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord, tell your neighbor, hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You look at your neighbor and it looks like they're running through life, but you hadn't seen them get tired yet. What's happened in their life? They stopped complaining and they started praising. Their joy was renewed and their strength was released. And now they're running and they're not losing their breath. Now they're walking and they're not getting tired. They're soaring on wings like eagles. Why? Because their destiny has been fulfilled. Because they've reached a place and the understanding from God that when you trust Him, when you hope in Him, when you wait on Him, when you lean on Him, when you walk with Him, when you talk with Him, you will do things that were impossible by the world's standards, all for the glory of His name and the glory of His kingdom. Connor, you just don't understand. It ain't never going to happen. Not with that attitude. But if you'll hope in the Lord, what you've been going through for years, in a second, God will change. What you've been going through for years, in a second, God will turn around. Why? Because your hope was in Jesus, not in what you were hoping for. Your hope was in Jesus, not what you were waiting for. Your hope was in Jesus, not what you were believing the promise for. Your hope was in God. Those men and women, some of those in this room and many that have gone on before us, who put their hope in God. Dear Jesus, let us not take for granted the legacy of faith that they have left for us. But Lord, let us.